0: I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I always read some of our emails, which I did a while ago uh, before we start. And uh, I'm trying to explain to you what the Bible says by looking at an overall picture of the words and meaning. You can't study one part without studying another part. You have to study from one end to the other and uh, i've been talking about jeremiah jeremiah is my favorite prophet he's one of my favorite men in all the bible i feel like jeremiah jeremiah was not a preacher of conversion he wasn't trying to convert anybody he was a preacher of the judgment of god that was coming upon israel now israel the reason jeremiah is preaching He preached for 40 years. He preached from 626 approximately B.C. until 586 B.C. and that's when Nebuchadnezzar came from the Far East. He came from Babylon. If this is the Persian Gulf, that's where we had that war in the early 90s and this is the river that branches from the Tigris and the Euphrates. Babylon was on the Euphrates River. It was, a, it was a city. Babylon was a city. Babylonia was the kingdom or the empire of Babylon. And Babylon is going to come over here. God put it in the heart. God put it in the heart of Nebuchadnezzar, I'll just put Neb, to come over here and carry Israel away into captivity into Babylon. Babylon is about 650 miles away from Jerusalem. Away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was leveled to the ground in 586. Nebuchadnezzar said, told jeremiah to tell israel if you will peacefully go over to babylon you'll only be there 70 years the main reason is because israel had rejected the commandment of god that every seven years you have to leave the land alone and let it lie fallow that means you don't plow anything and you don't plant anything that seventh year well they they didn't like that, so they go after these other gods. And this is what all the time they're a nation under kings, from first Samuel, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, and first and second chronicles. This is called the books of the kings. 1st and 2nd Kings and Chronicles have a lot of the same events the only thing is Chronicles is looked at from the view of the priesthood and 1st and 2nd Kings is looked at from the viewpoint of the kings and this is while they were a nation when they came out of 40 years in the wilderness And before that, they'd been 400 years in Egypt. And before Egypt, they were, well, I left out a section here of the judges. Judges. That was about. 350 or 400 years. It depends on who you believe the last judge of Israel was and the first judge. About 350 years. And before the 400 years in Egypt, you had the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Jacob had 12 sons. Started with Reuben, went all the way down through through Benjamin Joseph was the 11th and the second son was Simeon and then you had Levi and Judah these were the first four sons and Levi out of that came the priesthood the priesthood that's why we say Leviticus L-E-V-I-T-I-C-U-S that's the book of the Levites and out of Judah would come the king. Jesus was the Lion of Judah. David was from the tribe of Judah. And the Lord tells Moses, when they're leaving Egypt, he tells them, hey, you tell Israel, when I'm taking them back to the land that I promised to Abraham, if they go after other gods, I'm going to send four judgments. I'll send the sword, the famine the pestilence and the sword comes in the way of a siege against like for instance Jerusalem the enemy would come in block off all the passageways into there they wouldn't let them have food or water for let's say uh, eight weeks and Israel he God says when you go after these other gods, the famine when the famine comes, I will make you your children will die, and I'll make your I'll make your people eat their children. The Bible says that in those exact words. Had a lady come here one time and said, I never heard of Israel eating their children. Well you never read the Old Testament. Preachers have never read the Old Testament. I know I've never heard a preacher mention that. He said, I'll make you cannibals. You say, I wouldn't eat my children. You wouldn't. How do you know? Have you ever gone without food for eight weeks? Have you ever? Nothing to eat? They were eating dove's dung. They were eating asses' heads, and that was a completely unclean animal. They were sometimes eating their own, they were drinking their own urine. God said, I'll make you drink your own urine. You'll be so thirsty. And eating their own dung. Whew. You think God wasn't angry? People say, I'm talking about God creating evil. God creating God says, I create evil. The reason he's creating evil is because of the condition of Israel when they kept going after Baal. Baal. The grove. Baal was the sun god. When you look up Hercules and McClinic and Strong, it will tell you this was the same thing. Her- the gro- Hercules was the same thing as the Tyrian bell or the bell of Tyre that's what that's exactly what what Ahab brought down into Israel and worshipped when he runs across Jezebel Ahab was the king of northern Israel northern Israel and he was up here in Mount Carmel and right above that was what we call Lebanon, or it was called Tyre and Sidon. And and Babylon was founded on the same thing. In fact, Tyre and Sidon, the Baal in the grove moved over there, moved over into this area from Babylon. It has the same source. I'm going to say it again. Revelation 17 and 5. I've said this. If I've said it once, I've said it 500 times in the last year. Revelation 17 and 5. Babylon was the mother of harlots. See, I misspelled something there again. That guy that wants to complain, he needs to write about that. Mother it's a mother of harlots. The word harlot is the word pornay, P O R N E I A. It comes we get our word porn from that. Porn does not mean to look at naked men and naked women. It does not mean that it means idolatry. I've put this on the board every time. It is the word ido, lo, la tria. It is a construction of the word ido, which is a common word in the Greek to see, or perceive, and the word la truo, which means to see. It means to, idolatry means to serve what you put into your eyes and ears, what you see. That's all idolatry is. It can be your car, your house, your diamond ring, whatever. Don't matter what it is. There weren't any more idolaters over there than America is. America's serving everything they see, their houses, their things, their clothes, their stuff. I've done that in my life. Have you done that? I've done that. I used to leave the house and I looked like I stepped out of a bandbox. My tie would mash my rings. Everything was matching. I looked like a million dollars. I don't dress like that anymore. I wear these colored shirts to show up against the whiteboard. Usually during the week I wore T-shirts with some saying on them, like, God does not love everybody. And more people get upset at me in public for that. Women women are the first ones that jump on me. I bet God loves everybody. And I don't jump on them. I don't get cutting abrasive with them. I just turn and say, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says God loved Jacob and hated Esau before either one were born, before either one had done any good or evil. Did you know that? And every time they go, oh, they just drop their head. Oh, I'm going to turn away from here. I don't like somebody quoting Bible to me anyway everything that Jeremiah is about Jeremiah is the last prophet that's living in Israel right before they're completely scattered all over the world by Nebuchadnezzar most people don't even know that they know about the 400 years in bondage but they don't know anything about 2600 years in captivity Of Israel. Everything that's going on in the Middle East. Is about this very thing. People don't even know that. Did you know it? They're not even savvy to that. You've got. You've got the six day war. Of of 1967. Where they. Where the Jews got back. The Jerusalem. They got it back. They had had been in possession of it since 586 BC. They've been all kinds on all kinds of governments. When when Nebuchadnezzar oh, he overthrows Jerusalem here for 2,600 years, till May 14, 1948, they weren't a nation. And all of it is about one thing. While they were a nation. They went after all these other gods, Baal grove, and they were all the same thing because they all came out of Babylon. She mothered it all, she gave birth to it all, and she she nurtured it, and she was she was founded on. You got to go back over here to Genesis eleven and four This is where Babylon was founded. they said. Let, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. Shinar is is this area of Iraq where Babylon is. That is actually Iraq, and that's the land of Shinar. They found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they went. They said, "Let us build as a city and a tower." And they said, "There's our doctrine will be this." Let us make us a name. Name is the word Shem. It's the same word. As the man that was ruling them, the second-born son of Noah, was Shem. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And Japheth, Japheth, the elder son, will dwell in the tents of Shem. And Canaan, the, the youngest son, will be the servants of Shem. We get the word Semitic from the word Shem. That's Jewish. Well, they decided they'd go after all these other gods through the Samuels. They really don't get into them until 1 Kings. Samuel, they're, they've kind of given up. They were into the other gods uh, when they were coming through, the, through Egypt, uh, through the wilderness. They were into the other gods. Now, let me show you something. I keep mentioning this. This, there were these kings in, in Persia... Persia was right above Babylon it was what up here it's what we call Iran Iran is just north east of Babylon Babylon is the same thing as Iraq this is Iran or Pakistan or Afghanistan all of those were in the Persian Empire in the ancient world Persia and Persia comes over and attacks Babylon, and God has these these Persian rulers, Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, to give decrees for Israel to leave and come back over here and rebuild the temple. That that Nebuchadnezzar had leveled to the ground and burnt the city to the ground. Most people even don't even know. I've never heard a preacher mention that that Jerusalem was burnt to the ground by Nebuchadnezzar. Never heard anybody say that. And the Jews look like they were at the end of their time as a nation it looked like it was over but God retained them through all these nations they lived in he said though you don't keep my commandment and come after me and you go after these other gods Baal and the Grove and Shemash and Molech besides that they were going the third decree the third decree you had Cyrus gave the first decree there in Second Chronicles The thirty-sixth chapter, that was at the end of Israel's. That's when Nebuchadnezzar is destroying the nation. Darius gave the second decree, second decree, decree, and he gave that in Ezra. Ezra comes right after Chronicles, right after Second Chronicles, and Ezra the sixth chapter. He gave this. Excuse me. Darius gave the second decree in the book of Ezra. This is what I had that right, Ezra the sixth chapter, and then Artaxerxes gave the third decree to go back and supply the temple in four four fifty six B.C. and the man that brought the brought the uh, decree to back to. Israel was Ezra. Ezra is a very important person in the Bible. He is the man that is, it has been attributed that he brought together all of the scriptures of the Old Testament and, and brought them together and made it one book, Ezra. And when he comes back, it's a hundred and fifty years after Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Israel, and Ezra comes back in that ninth chapter of Ezra, and I'm just going to read you. I'm going to read you this, so you'll understand how many more gods they were serving in Israel. Ezra comes back to Israel. He gets there, and here's what he finds. Now remember, they were scattered in 586 because they went after all these gods. That's not all they went after. It'll tell you right here in verse 9, chapter 9 of Ezra, verse 1. Now when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, The people of Israel, the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, from the pagans of the lands. Doing according to their abominations, even the Canaanites and their gods, the Hittites and their gods, the Perizzites and their gods, the Jebusites and their gods, the Ammonites, that's where Moloch comes from, that's in northern Jordan, and the Moabites and their gods and the Egyptians. The Egyptians had a thousand gods and Israel was going after all of them. And the Amorites and their gods, the, Israel just was, went bananas. They went crazy going after all these gods. And Jeremiah is the man walking through the streets of Jerusalem I want to get back to Jeremiah, but let me tell you what he says here. And then it goes on down here and says that that Ezra says, we have sinned. God forgive us. He even included himself in it, even though he wasn't one of them that was doing that. And he tells you in verse 12 why they were doing it. Verse 12. Now therefore give not your daughters unto their sons. If you give your If you take their sons, your daughters, and neither take their daughters for your sons, if they married a heathen, the men would go out and work all day long in the fields or wherever you had to work. The women would stay at home and teach their children pagan worship. That's why you didn't, that's the sons of God marrying the daughters of men. You can't do that nor seek their peace or their wealth the reason Israel was doing it to get along with them for their peace and get their money It sounds like Kenneth Copeland doesn't it now I've been talking about Jeremiah one of my favorite people of all time I hope to meet him someday when I get to heaven I've said for years I don't think there was anybody that had more guts than this man I had he was very brave, he was afraid. The Bible says he feared these people, and it was not Nebuchadnezzar that was wanting to kill Jeremiah. It was the kings of Israel. And he was an Israelite. Why in the world would they do that? Well, he was walking through the streets saying, Repent. Judgment's coming. You don't have a chance to be saved. Here's what you have to do. You have to go to Babylon. When Nebuchadnezzar comes in, you're going to stay over there 70 years. For one particular reason. They had 70, they had 490 years. 70 times 7. They had a sabbatical year every 7 years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 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 They had 70 sets of these sabbatical years. They never let the land lie fallow. You cannot plant the same crop every year if you own tracts of land. We have what we call here in the United States, we have plant, we have crop rotation. Even farmers have to call out farm agents to find out what they can plant, and they can't plant the same crops over and over and over. If a guy owns a thousand acres out in Kansas, a thousand acres, and he's got it divided up, he can't plant the same crop every year in the same place. They have to know what they can plant and what they can't plant. If you don't, you'll pull all the nutrients out of the ground and you can't grow anything. That's what God is saying. You've got to go over to Babylon and stay there 70 years. You've never, what they did, they went after other gods that allowed them to do what they wanted to do. They didn't have to have the sabbatical years. What do you mean we can't plant or gather anything on the seventh year? No. But they didn't care. They did what they wanted to do. They ignored God. Now, what we've been doing, I've been giving you some high points of Jeremiah. I went through, God turned Jeremiah, before I formed me in the belly, I knew thee and ordained you, a prophet to the nations. He's the last prophet in Israel before they are destroyed and annihilated. And he prophesied for 40 years, six twenty six b c to five eighty six five eighty six is where Nebuchadnezzar comes in and annihilates them that that was the final carrying away the final annexation and there had been a peaceful deportation in five ninety seven bc there'd been a peaceful deportation in 606 bc and this 597 is believed that's where ezekiel ezekiel and daniel were carried away so they're over here in babylon and jeremiah is over here in israel jeremiah's over here you have to know where these guys are to understand their purpose well jeremiah we've already gone through it how that the lord said to him in seven jeremiah seven 16, don't pray for this people jeremiah i'm not going to hear your prayer This is a time of judgment of God. Jeremiah was not a prophet of conversion. They're not going to be saved or believed. They're going to be carried away. And if you don't go to Babylon, you'll be killed. If you try to run off to Egypt and look for sanctuary over there, Egypt, let me see here. I need to get my map back up here. Because you have to understand where Egypt is in comparison to Babylon. Egypt is west, south, west of Israel, and and Babylon is northeast of Israel. Hold on a second here. Come on, need to be able to just talk to it and and go over to it. All right. Iraq here Babylon is right in the middle of Iraq right here on the Euphrates River well oh, this is the Tigris the Euphrates is right here Mesopotamia means between the rivers Iraq is Mesopotamia it's between the two rivers between the rivers here is Iran up here and here's Israel and Nebuchadnezzar's is coming from here on the Euphrates. That's where Babylon is built down here to carry Israel away. That's about 650 miles. Some of them thought they could run over here to Egypt and get safety. And God said, if you go over there, I'll have you killed. you got to go. I'm not going to forsake my covenant with you. You wouldn't keep it with me, but I'm not going to forsake it with you. So he says, You've got to go over there and stay for 70 years. When we get to the 29th chapter, he's going to tell him, you have to marry, you have to plant crops over there in Babylon, you have to sit down and rest for 70 years. Then you get to come back but most of them wouldn't come back when they had a chance to. Israel was a wasteland when Nebuchadnezzar got through with it. He burned the city to the ground. He pulled those great big stones from the temple to the ground and just annihilated Jerusalem. There was nothing there. Why would you want to go back? We don't want to go back there. It's a wasteland. He said, you got to go back and rebuild the temple. That's a picture of us building the temple of God which temple ye are it's been devastated now I've been going through these high points he said in Jeremiah seven sixteen, pray not for this people I will not hear you Jeremiah and he says in in 14 Jeremiah pray not for them I'm not gonna hear because this is a time of their judgment Now, we got down to the 19th chapter of Jeremiah. Let's turn over there. That's where we got the last time. We went through a bunch of these very well known verses like Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now go to Jeremiah, the 19th chapter. I've gone through 1 through 18. God says in 18, I'm going to scatter you with an east wind. That's what God called Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was east over here. He was called an east wind that God was going to scatter Israel with because they disobeyed God and wouldn't listen to him. Do you think God feels any different about America The preachers are disobeying. They're not telling the truth. The politicians don't tell the truth. None of them tell the truth. I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I don't believe in Donald Trump or Joe Biden or any of those senators. told a fellow that yesterday that called me from from, uh, Washington, D.C. I said I don't believe in any of them what do you say we need Jim well we will get it in eternity we need the theocracy not a theocracy theocracy comes from theos which is the Greek word for God and kratia kratia means rule God rules with His Word. That's what we need to go by. This book right here. Not anything less than that. Now go to Jeremiah 19. I'm going to show you something. He said this in, he said this all through the prophets. Jeremiah 19. This is one of my favorite verses on cannibalism that God causes Israel to get involved in Jeremiah 19 I love I keep saying the people who say they don't believe that Christmas is pagan you never read Jeremiah have you the Bible says Jeremiah the Bible says that Babylon mothered all idolatry Serving what you say. Well, if that's true, then we need to find out what was going on. I said this before, and will say it again. When Constantine was the emperor of the empire in 325 A.D., he was having problem with two things: with the Christians multiplying in the earth. And he couldn't control them, and he was killing them right and left. They were multiplying at such a great rate, he couldn't stop them. He also couldn't stop all of these pagan Huns and Vandals and Goths and Visigoths from coming over here, and they were rampaging across the European continent. You can see that in the Barbarian series. You can order the Barbarian series. Go down to uh, one of these places. Uh, what's that? by? What's that? Huh? No, we'll go to any of them and order the Barbarian series. It'll tell you about these guys that are rampaging the Huns, the Vandals, the Goths, the Visigoths. And Constantine's afraid, a Best Buy, I was thinking of Best Buy, that you can order it from there. Probably, you probably can. You can probably order it. It's called The Barbarians. I don't know if some of you remember, it was back in the 90s when it came out. And it's about these guys, and Constantine thought, I'm going to lose the empire, particularly to these Visigoths. They were some of the most horrendous barbarians that ever lived. And they would just rampage into a town, kill everything. They didn't care if they got killed. No, not unlike i keep saying not unlike the comanche indians in the 1800s the comanches were in texas and they were bloodthirsty they would kill everything in their path no no powwow you just kill that's the way the visigoths were so he said, I've got to stop them. So he says, I will bring all their gods into the church. That was sun and tree gods. That had to be sun and tree gods because it all came out of Babylon and that's what Israel was serving all the time they were a nation from first and second kings to second chronicles. So they were the same thing. If God did this to Israel and killed them by the millions, for the same thing that we call Christ Mass. When he brought it into the church, he appealed to all these people by taking the, the Saturn or the Feast of Saturn and changing the name to Christ Mass and it and it, he was disguising the mass which is Roman Catholicism bringing it into the church so the Christians could all partake too so what they had was a mixed religion that's the sons of God marrying the daughters of man it's trying to disguise something that's evil and make it good I've got an article here somewhere and it's talking about that very thing that in the early church they tried to Christianize the pagan ordinances of the paganism and bring them into the church. When the Bible says in Leviticus 18.31, God says, therefore shall you keep my ordinance, my rituals, that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. He didn't say in that verse, don't worship their gods. He says, don't do the rituals they did. Don't put up a tree. Don't give each other gifts for this birthday of the unconquerable son, which was December the 25th. And that's what Jeremiah was preaching about, said, Nebuchadnezzar's coming because the way you lived all the time you were a nation. I don't know if people realize how serious that is. That is as serious as you can get. And these preachers that say, well, Christmas is okay as long as you do it for Jesus. That's like saying, we can keep this ancient orgy in Jesus' name because it was an orgy. Now, here in the 20th chapter, and 19th chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is repeating the same thing over and over and over again. It says here in the first verse, Thus saith the Lord, go to and get a potter's earthen bottle and take of the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priests and go forth into the valley of the son of Hinnom, or Gehenna. A man named Hinnom had given this to Jerusalem. Just south of Jerusalem was the Valley of Gehenna or Hinnom. And that valley went all the way from one side of Jerusalem to another. Over here, this was the Valley of Tophet on this side. Tophet is where they had eternal fires burning and in Tophet, southeast of Jerusalem Israel would go over here on the same day on the Sabbath they'd go over here and offer their children in the fire to Moloch which was the sun god of Ammon that's northern Jordan and Shemash was the sun god of of Moab or southern Jordan, Shemash. And Israel was serving those gods, Moloch and Shemash. And you think that didn't anger God? He said, I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt and gave you this land, gave you this city, and I gave you the land. Let's get on with Jeremiah here. And go forth in the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee, Jeremiah, and say. Now here's what Jeremiah's going to say to the people. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah. Judah is southern Israel. Northern Israel has already been carried away in 722 B.C. So he's not talking to northern Israel. He's already talked to them through Isaiah. Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah, which Judah was comprised of the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Those are the two southern southern tribes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place. Now people say God don't do evil. God says, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. I'm simply showing you all the places where he says, I create evil. And he's going to tell you why he does this in this chapter. This is Jeremiah telling the whoever The it, whoever hears it, both his ears shall tingle. It means they will smart. They will, it'll upset you when you hear it. Because they have forsaken me, this is God talking through Jeremiah, and have estranged this place and have burned incense unto other gods. God says, don't go after other gods. You do that, you make me mad. My fury it rises up in me when you do that whom neither they nor their fathers have known, nor the kings of Judah, and have filled this place with the blood of innocents. What they did, the word innocent is the word Nauki, N-A-Q-I-Y. They would offer their firstborn sons in that valley to Molech, and the babies would cry, and it was called the Valley of Tophet. Some say that the Tophet comes from Toph, which means drum, they would play the drum so loud that they couldn't hear their children screaming while they killed them and offer them as a sacrifice to Moloch. Why do you think God got angry? And that's the same system that Constantine brought in the church and renamed Christ's Mass. They have built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, Baal and Moloch were the same thing, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. And people say God didn't plan that. Yes, He did. When He says neither came into my mind, when they came out of Egypt, He said you got to put the blood on the doorpost of the house, and everybody that has the sees the blood when I see the blood I'll pass over you that was Passover that way the firstborn would not die in the household with the blood over the doorpost well the firstborn he says belongs to me and I want them given to me that's not what I had in mind killing them, offering them as a sacrifice that's what he's saying right here I was not tell you to offer them as a sacrifice they're supposed to be the firstborn who receives the inheritance It's like Israel is, they're doing like Baptist preachers. They're interpreting this the way they want to. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, because I'm going to slaughter everybody here. And I will make void the counsel of Judah and Jerusalem in this place. And I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by hands of them that seek their lives. I'm going to cause Israel to fall by the hands of their enemies. This is God. And their, and their carcasses will I give to the meat, to be meat for the fowls of the air and for the beasts of the earth. And I will make this city desolate and in hissing. Hissing is a word in the Hebrew that means to make fun of you, to whistle at you as they go by. As the pagans go by, say, Your God didn't deliver you, did they, Israel? Everyone that passes by thereby shall be astonished and hissed because of all the plagues thereof I will cause Israel to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters I'm going to cause you how's he going to do that he's going to block off always in the siege the siege is connected the sword is connected with the famine that's where when Nebuchadnezzar came in, he just blocked off all the roads going in. He could have gone in and slaughtered them, but he wanted to torture them. So he had a siege against them; wouldn't let anybody go in or out. Wouldn't no water come in or out. No food could come in or out. When they ate up all their food, their children started dying, and they started eating them. <laughs> have you ever heard a preacher talk about that? I have never. But he said that over in Deuteronomy 28. But this is before they even became a nation. This is in Deuteronomy 28. He says the same thing in 28 here in, in verse 52 and he shall besiege thee and thy gates when you. They haven't even become a nation yet. So he's telling him, I'm going to turn you over to your enemy, and he shall besiege thee. Besiege, that's the siege where they block off all food, all water, and all thy gates until the high and fenced walls come down wherein thou trustest throughout all the land and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all the land so you can't go in or out and the Lord thy God hath given thee and thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body Israel this is before they even become a nation He is, if he tells them what they're going to do, evidently he's planning it. The flesh of the sons and thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege, when they block off all food and water coming in, and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate his eyes shall be evil toward his own brother and toward his wife and his bosom and toward the remnant of his children which he shall leave so that he will not give to any of them the flesh of his children whom he shall eat. Yeah. Well, I can't, people can't hear you out there. The word Tophet is used several times in paragraph. Yeah. What does it mean? Well, I just told you. It means drum. They they played the drums real loud so that they couldn't hear the, the cry of their children during that. Let me get on with this because he has nothing left him in the siege in the straitness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in all thy gates the tender and delicate woman among you which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot into the ground of the delicateness and tenderness her eye shall be evil toward her husband of her bosom and toward her son, and toward her daughter, and toward her young one that cometh out from between her feet, the one that's born, and toward her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat her own kids. You don't believe they did that. Go to the 6th chapter, of 2nd Kings. Two women gather together, and they say, we'll eat my son today and eat yours tomorrow. They eat the one son the next day, the other one won't give her son to eat. They go to Jehoram, the son of Ahab, and said, we we ate my son yesterday, but she wouldn't give us her son to eat today. And Jehoram says, I'll kill Elisha for that. Elijah's brought this out. You ignoramus, Jehoram, that was you and your wicked father Ahab. You went serving these other gods. Let's go back over here. You've got this all over the Old Testament. They're eating their children because they're starving to death. The Donner family out in Utah did that in the 1800s. They ate, they ate one another in the freezing, cold blizzard. So did those guys in that soccer team down there in Peru when they crashed in the Andes Mountain. They started eating one another they said if we're going to survive we've got to do that that's what Israel did now let's go back to Jeremiah he says I will cause them to eat the flesh in verse 9 chapter 19 I'll cause them to eat the flesh of their daughters and they shall eat everyone his flesh of his friend in the siege and straightness with their enemies, and they shall seek their lives, and shall straighten them. It's just—I've never heard any preacher preach about Israel eating their children. Have you? But I'm reading from a King James Bible. Now, go over here to go over here to Jeremiah 21 and three. When they say God won't create evil. You never ever read this, have you? 21 and 3. Then said Jeremiah unto Israel, Thus shall you say to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of God of Israel, Behold, I will that's God saying I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands Israel you won't have a chance against Nebuchadnezzar I'm calling him in to destroy you and annihilate you you have to go to Babylon anybody that won't be willing to go over there Nebuchadnezzar's my servant he's getting you out of the land so you'll have to leave the land alone And the king of Babylon against the Chaldeans. Chaldeans, another name for Babylonians. And which shall besiege you without the walls. And I will assemble the Babylonians into the midst of Jerusalem. And God says, I'm going to call him in. I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to make him slaughter you. I'm going to put it in his mind to slaughter you, Israel. And he goes on to say, I will, I myself, will fight against you, Israel. How do you like that? you got to know who it's talking about. It's God saying, I'll fight against Israel. He's not going to fight against Nebuchadnezzar. They're not going to have a chance. You with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger, I'm going to have anger and fury in great wrath that's coming from me against you, Israel. I will smite the inhabitants of this city, Jerusalem, both man and beast, and they shall die of a great pestilence. And afterwards, saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, who's the last king of southern Judah. I will deliver Zedekiah king of Judah and his servants and the people of Israel and such as are left in this city, Jerusalem, from the pestilence, from the sword, and from the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. You'll not have any more sword famine because you're going to Nebuchadnezzar's hand. He'll feed you whatever you need. King of Babylon Into the hand of your enemies. How do you like that Israel? You disobey me. This is what you get. The beast was the fourth judgment. That was Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. And into the hand of those that seek your life and he shall smite them with the edge of the sword. He said he'd send sword, famine, and pestilence against Israel if they went after other gods. And this is the judgment that Jeremiah is pronouncing on them. Jeremiah's not, I don't know what preachers do with these verses. Oh, he's talking about some evil. No, he's talking about Israel. Neither have pity nor have mercy on Israel. Boy. Boy. Can you believe all this? Let's read on. And unto this people thou shalt say. Unto what people? Israel. Judah, particularly. I believe the Lord is going to bring these kinds of judgments on this nation. Do you know that the economy is famine? When the coronavirus first hit, I noticed that the grocery store shelves are starting to empty. When they have these strikes by these truckers and they can't get enough of them coming in, then that has to do with famine and economy. They're directly related. Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He that abideth in this city shall die by the sword and the famine. By what city? you that try to stay in Jerusalem when Nebuchadnezzar comes in to carry you and go and by the pestilence but he that goeth out how many times have I said sword famine pestilence beast a thousand in the last year at least but he that goeth out and falleth to the Chaldeans that besiege you you'll live you got to do what I'm doing in the judgment. You try to run to Egypt, you die. You try to pull away, Zedekiah tried to run from him. Zedekiah was the last king. Zedek and Nebuchadnezzar had him chased down, brought to him, and he had two sons. He brought them before, before Zedekiah's eyes and killed both of them right in front of him. And then he punched out Zedekiah's eyes and then drug him to Babylon, blind, the last king. It's the same system that God destroyed Israel for, and if you read Jeremiah, you got to read it slow and tell what he's doing. My life shall be unto him for a prey, for I have set my face against Jerusalem for evil. You don't think God will create evil? He set it against Jerusalem for evil. And it shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn Jerusalem with fire. And he did. Nehemiah heard that it had been burned by fire 150 years later, and his heart was broken because he was over in Babylon and he hadn't heard about it. Now, I'm going through. Let's go to 21. Well, I went through 21. Let's go to 22 in verse 22. This is Jeremiah talking to southern Judah, which is southern Israel. Keep remembering, northern Israel has been already carried away. They're already in the Assyrian Empire. Southern Judah is all that's left. That's Judah and Benjamin. Verse 22 The wind shall eat up all thy pastors. By the way, the word pastor is mentioned only by Jeremiah in this chapter and some other chapters. Pastor is the word Raah, R A A H, in the Hebrew. It's also the exact same word as shepherd. I don't know why they translated one of them, shepherd and other pastors. The wind shall eat up all thy pastors, and thy lovers shall go into captivity. God called the lovers of Israel their gods. He actually said Israel was involved in adultery. We said in Jeremiah, the third chapter, that God was giving Israel a bill of divorce. And the God of Old Testament was Jesus. So, if Jesus had divorced his wife, does that mean, like these Baptists say, if you're divorced, you can't preach, so you won't let Jesus come and preach in your church, right? Good grief. Surely then shall be, thou shalt be ashamed and confounded for all your wickedness. Israel, Southern Judah. The same thing that Constantine brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass, the Feast of Saturn. Chapter 23 is one of my favorite chapters. 23 and one. One to the pastors that destroy, that's the same word as shepherd, that destroy and scatter Scatter, scatter, (laughs) it amazes me. The word scatter in the Greek is the word scorpizo. And the word scorpion is the word scorpios, S-K-O-R-P-I-O-S. And scatter is the verb form of scorpion. And the Bible says in John 10, the hireling, the man that preaches for money, allows the wolf to come in and scatter the flock. Scorpions are. Wolves are false teachers just like scorpions are. That's what's coming out of the bottomless pit or the place of no knowledge. That's what it actually says. There was only one that had knowledge in Israel is that one that had knowledge in the world of God and Jesus and God said to Israel in Deuteronomy 7, and 7, I have not chosen you because you're the greatest of nations. You're the smallest. Everybody else was a place of no knowledge of God. And the Gentiles didn't get any knowledge of God till Acts 2. Except for a certain few exceptions like Rahab the harlot, Ruth the Moabite, perhaps Nebuchadnezzar. He must have been a believer of what the things he said. All right, then he says here, I want you to see some things. He says in verse 13, I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. Samaria is another name for northern Israel. They've already been carried away. They prophesied in Baal. It was Ahab in northern Israel or Samaria that brought Baal into Israel when he married Jezebel. Jezebel. Baal is a form of Baal. Means confounder. And caused my people, Israel, to err. He's talking about northern Israel in that verse. And then he says here in verse 16, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets. Israel, is talking to Israel. Don't listen to your prophets. They're lying. That prophesy unto you, they make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. That's the, he's not talking to foreign, unbelieving nations. He's talking to Israel through this whole book. Nothing is to anybody but them. And then he says in verse 17, They say, they say, what does that mean? Nothing. These guys that are false teachers, they say still unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said. You have to know what it's saying here. These They say is a reference back to verse 16, not out of their own heart, but they say, the Lord saith. That's hypocrisy there. You have to read and know who's talking. You shall. They say you shall have peace. These false teachers are walking through the, walking through the streets of Israel. They're saying you'll have peace, and Nebuchadnezzar's not coming. If he comes, Hananiah says you'll only be there two years. And God tells Jeremiah, "You tell Hananiah, I'm going to kill him this year," and he does. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of their own heart, Here's what the false teachers say No evil shall come upon us, lying through your teeth. It's like these preachers saying, Jim Brown is saying the end is coming, and it's not. Well, just wait, mister, till he gets there. Wait till you have to die and face God for your lying, false teaching. And then he says, There in in 23 am I a god at hand saith the lord and not a god far off afar off am I here can you they say Israel would say he God does not know he does not care he is the he's forsaken us don't you think that he knows everything that's going on and then in verse 27 or he says in verse 23 verse 27 talking about well look at 26 how long shall this be in the heart of the prophets of Israel that prophesy lies yea they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart this is why God would destroy them for 2600 years which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams sounds like some Pentecostal which they tell every man to his neighbor, and their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. You think he's angry at this Baal worship, which is nothing but let us make us a name, self-worship. The prophet that hath a dream, verse 28, let him tell a dream, and he that hath my word Let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like a fire? He says that in Jeremiah 5 and 14. My word is a fire, and it will consume Israel, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. I, I just, I don't know why nobody's ever read Jeremiah I don't think anybody's read him. And then he says, verse 32, Behold, I am against these prophets of Israel that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people, my people Israel, to err by their lies and their lightness." The word lightness is Pagazith. P-A-C-H-A. This is the word lightness. This is what the preachers in America are doing. They're not telling people, take your cross and die daily and suffer for righteousness' sake. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. you got to make people angry, and that's going to depress you. That's what the Bible says. P-A-C-H-A. Lightness P A C H A Z U W T H because It means unimportant words. That's what it means. They get up there and say God loves us all, isn't it wonderful? Uh, God wants us all to be saved and he wants the whole world to come to Christ. That when Jerry Farwell says we're going to win the world to Christ, Jerry Farwell's an idiot. He evidently has never read that only few will find the narrow way. You can't win the world for Christ when only few are going to hear. I didn't like Jerry Falwell. He said a lot. He was an independent Baptist. My father was an independent Baptist. I know what they believed. He was a dispensationalist. By their lightness, yet I sent them not. I don't send these people that preach light, unimportant words. Nor commanding them, therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. Now, let's keep going. Look at verse 20. uh, Look at verse Twenty eight. I, I read twenty-eight, I believe. Alright. Let's read verse thirty two. Twenty-three and thirty-two. You read that one. Oh, I read that one. Okay. okay. Twenty-three. Let's get on to I've got so many things to read from Jeremiah. Twenty-three. And Ezekiel 13, read much alike. It's a cry of judgment and damnation against Israel. Ezekiel says a lot of the same things Jeremiah said. Now, let's go to Jeremiah 26. 26. Look here in verse 3, 26 and verse 3. He's talking to Israel. He's talking about Israel, if they will hearken and turn every man from his evil way, which is going after idolatry, which is wanting more covetousness, that I may repent me of the evil which I purpose to do unto them. I purpose to do this, and if they don't repent, and they didn't, then God says, I will bring the evil that I purpose. Because of the evil of their doings, the thing is, how can you read Jeremiah and not understand that this is the same thing that was brought into 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 Rome and called the Christ Mass? It was. He says that I purpose to do, which I purpose to do, because of the evil of their doings. Now I've got so many places to go. I want to remind you of something that Jeremiah said and go back to Jeremiah eleven. Jeremiah eleven. This is something that's shocking when you look at it. Jeremiah eleven. And look at verse. 13, 11 and 13. For according to the number of Israel's cities, were their gods? They had a God in every city. O oh, Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, have you set up altars? They had an altar on every street and a different God in every city. And you think, God is not going to get angry at us for doing the same thing. We don't have a God in every city. Yeah, you got your cars and your houses and your things and your stuff, your vacation resorts, and you don't believe the truth, and your preacher won't tell the truth, and he was a mushy-mouthed guy. I really don't care who likes this message and who don't. God's convicted my heart to say it. Now, let's go back to where we were, 26 26, and look here in verse 11. Then spake the priests and the prophets unto the princes of Israel, of Judah, and to all the people, saying, This man is worthy to die. Let's kill Jeremiah. We're not talking about pagans wanting to kill Jeremiah. This is the people of Israel wanting to kill him. For he hath prophesied against the city of Jerusalem as ye have heard with your ears. And God's going to kill hundreds of thousands of them, millions of them over the millennia. Then spake Jeremiah unto all the princes and to all the people of Israel, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city Jerusalem and all the words that you have heard therefore now amend your ways Israel and your doings you're going after these other gods and obey the voice of the Lord your God and the Lord will turn and repent here means to turn from the evil that he hath pronounced against you but they didn't so he followed through with the evil that he had pronounced against them I just, I don't even understand people. Look here in, look at verse 19. Did Hezekiah king of Judah, he was a wonderful, righteous man of God. And all Judah put him all to death. Did he not fear the Lord and besought the Lord? And the Lord repented him of the evil which he had pronounced against them. But he finally destroyed northern Israel. Thus, hezekiah was was a king of southern judah thus might we procure great evil against our souls now look here in verse 20 another prophet comes on the scene and verifies everything that jeremiah is saying you've probably never heard of him his name is urija u-r-i-j-a-h j-a-h stands for jehovah Verse 20, And there was also a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord, Urijah the son of Shemiah, and of Kirjath Jehoram, who prophesied against the city Jerusalem, and against this land according to all the words of Jeremiah. God evidently picked up Urijah, And when Jehoiakim, the evil king, You can tell the difference between Jehoiakim and his son. Let me just show you this. J-E-H-O-K-I-A Let me get it right. Jehoiakim J-E-H-O-I-A K I M. His son was J E H O I A C H I N. That was his son. There, he was evil. Jehoiakim had a contraction. He was either called Coniah or Jeconias. Both of those were names for Jehoiakim when you see it. How much time to have, Mike? 19. Whew, we're covering some space, aren't we? Now, let's look at Uriah. And no matter who preaches to them, they don't care. We're not going to do what you say and repent and go to Babylon. I, we know that Nebuchadnezzar's got the greatest army in the world. We're going to be stubborn, sit here and be slaughtered crazy crazy people oh you mean if god says he's going to slaughter america because they're disobedient we as baptists believe we believe we got saved one night i accepted christ and prayed the sinner's prayer and i get to go home to be with god for free you sound like an ignoramus and Uriah who prophesied against the city of Jerusalem against this land according to all the words of Jeremiah he's doing the same thing Jeremiah's doing you're not going to find a happy happy prophet when you read Jeremiah not there and when Jehoiakim the king with all his mighty men and all the princes heard Jeremiah heard Uriah's words Jehoiakim He's prophesying during the time of Jehoiakim. After him comes Jehoiakim, and after him comes Zedekiah. And that's the last king of Israel. Zedekiah is the one that Nebuchadnezzar calls him before him and has his sons killed before his very eyes. You don't hear many preachers talking about that, do you? And then he punches his eyes out with a hot poker, blinds him. And when Urijah heard it, he was afraid. Nothing wrong with being afraid. And fled and went into Egypt. And Jehoiakim, the king, sent men into Egypt, namely El Nathan and the son of Akbor, and certain men with him into Egypt. And they fetched forth Uriah out of Egypt the guy that's beating him up with Jeremiah's message and brought him into Jehoiakim the king and Jehoiakim slew him with the sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people the, the poor that's what you get for preaching the truth people go going to kill you now I'm just giving you high points of Jeremiah. I hope you can realize how serious God is about these things. Look at 27. Jeremiah calls going to Babylon the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, the yoke of Babylon. A yoke was the laws of a kingdom. That's what it was called. And he says here in verse 2, Thus saith the Lord to me, Make thee bonds and yokes, and put them upon thy neck, Jeremiah, and tell the people this is what you got to do. you got to bear up under the yoke of the king of Babylon. And look at verse 6. And now have I given to all these lands under the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, that sounds, that's not hard to understand. I'm giving all of the lands of Judah. I've already given Israel to the Assyrians and Nebuchadnezzar overthrew the Assyrians. Now he'll be ruling everything in Israel. And the king of Babylon and my servant and the beast of the field have I given him also to serve him. Everything Nebuchadnezzar gets because you have not listened to me, could they have beat Nebuchadnezzar if they'd have been obedient to God? They could have beat anybody. He said, you'll go against your enemy one way, and they'll flee seven ways if you're obedient to me. I don't care how many there are. And all nations shall serve Nebuchadnezzar and his son and his son's son until the very time of the land come and then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him everybody's going to be bound to nebuchadnezzar now look at did we read verse eight it shall come to pass that the nation and kingdom which will not serve the same nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon and that will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation will I punish. And that includes Israel. saith the Lord with the sword, with the famine, and with pestilence. Boy, like I said a while ago, how many times have I said that? A thousand? I don't know. I hadn't counted how many times Jeremiah said it. He said it over and over and over again until I have consumed them by his hand. And look at verse 20. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took not when he carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim. That's where Jehoiakim is called Jeconiah. When you see the lineage of Christ in the first chapter of Matthew, Jeconiah is mentioned. That's Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim is left out of the lineage of Christ. Read verse 19. Read what? 19. Okay. For thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars and concerning the brazen sea, the pillars that's the glassy sea that's right in front of the temple concerning the residue of the vessels that remain in the city which Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon took not when he carried away captive Je- Jeconiah the son of Jehoakim, king of Judah from Jerusalem Jeconias was carried away and it's believed the same uh, the same Deportation that Daniel and Ezekiel carried away. Joachim or Jeconiah. Or Coniah, from Jerusalem to Babylon all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. And you can see them carried away in Second in Kings, the 24th chapter. It talks about it. It talks about this deportation. The books of the kings. At the end of it is the carrying away. I won't read that right now. Now, look here at 28 and 1. Here's where the false prophet Ananias comes up. says, you're not going to be in Babylon 70 years. The guy is a lying devil. Verse 1, chapter 28. And it came to pass the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, that Hananiah the son of Azor, the prophet which was of Gibeon, which is inside the, is inside Benjamin, Spake unto me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priest, and all the people saying, Now these is Hananiah's words. Thus speaketh the Lord. Oh, you can't listen to this guy. He's a liar. He's a liar. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. That's not true. They're going to be under his yoke for 70 years. Within two full years will I bring again to this place all the vessels of the house of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and took away from the place and carried them to Babylon. And he goes to Jeremiah, or Jeremiah gets word of this. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, who's an evil king, the king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah, that after two years, he says, Jeremiah says, 70 years. All of this is because of the gods they worship, which is the same thing that Constantine brought in the church and renamed the Christ Mass. I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon two years. And the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest, in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord. Here's Jeremiah's answer back to this jerk. Even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, the Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words, which thou hast prophesied to bring about the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and the ears of all the people. You better listen to me, Ananiah. If that were true, that would be great if God bring it back in two years. It's not going to happen, he's saying. The prophets that have been before me, before thee, of old, prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and pestilence, and the prophets which prophesied of peace when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord hath truly sent him. It has to come to pass, but it doesn't come to pass, then you're a liar and you have to die. That's what Deuteronomy thirteen says. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke from the prophet Jeremiah's neck and break it. Oh man. This guy is a rascal. He's a devil and Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people saying thus saith the Lord sounds like some Baptist preacher thus saith the Lord even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon from the neck of all the nations within the space of two years Jeremiah said 70 years I think we need to listen to Jeremiah instead of Hananiah don't we and the prophet Jeremiah went his way. That you got, what you got to say, "I'm leaving." You want to lie about God? Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. After that, Hananiah, the prophet, had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophets. Jeremiah saying, "Go tell Han- Hananiah." This is God saying, "Jeremiah, you go to tell Hananiah," saying, "Thus saith the Lord." Thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. that can't be broken. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. And I have given to him the beast of the field also, then said the prophet Jeremiah to Hananiah, the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent you. You're not a prophet. You're a liar. But thou makest this people to trust in your lie, because they like the two years better than the seventy. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee, Hanani- Hananiah, from off the face of the earth and this year you will die that's what you get from being a false prophet you have to die and go to hell because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord so Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month you can't call God a liar gulch if you call me a liar, if I'm telling the truth, God's liable to destroy you. And the twenty-ninth chapter is really a good chapter because in this chapter, this is where Jeremiah says, go to Babylon, plant gardens, marry wives. You're gonna be there 70 years, he says that. In verse 10, he says, These prophets prophesy falsely unto you in my name. In verse 9, verse 10, he says, Thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, it's not going to be two years, like Ananias said, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you, causing you to return to this place because I've got to get you out of here for 70 years so the land can restore its nutrients. But he says here in verses, in verse starting in verse 4, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon, build houses... Dwell in them, plant gardens in Babylon, and eat the fruit of the gardens in Babylon. Take you wives in Babylon, begat sons and daughters in Babylon, and take wives of your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters in Babylon. He's just kind of being real elementary. Get married, plant gardens, eat of the gardens, have children, get wives, have children. You're going to be there a long time. And not diminish. And seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried to. If you're in Babylon, abide by their laws and get along with them. You're going to be there a long time. wouldn't that be depressing if you were in Israel at that time you carried away captive and praying to the Lord for it for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace verse 8 for thus saith the Lord of hosts the God of Israel let not your prophets nor your diviners be in the midst of you don't believe those guys that spend their Israelites living in Israel preaching falsely Don't let them deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which you have caused to be dreamed. They prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. Hananiah died because of that. It's a wonder God don't strike all these preachers across America dead. I didn't know what to do with Jeremiah I've wanted to preach on it for years. I've never just taken time to give you the high points of Jeremiah. He don't have anything to say that's really enjoyable or fun. He'll tell you the truth of what God did to Israel. And when he did it, he did it, and it lasted for 2,600 years till this past century, May 14, 1948, June fifth through June tenth, nineteen 1967. That's when they got Jerusalem back. And there's a verse that I love. Luke twenty-one, twenty-four: They, the Jews, shall fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentile rule is through over Jerusalem. And that happened in the Six-Day War of 67. Jerusalem is no longer under rule of heathens and pagans. This is a tough, tough message. Jeremiah's words are not exactly fun. They're as hard as nails if you read the whole book. You know, if you'll read the whole book over and over and over, you'll get so convicted about Christmas and Easter and all this paganism. That's exactly the same thing. It was all... if if. Except for that verse in Revelation 17 and 5, Babylon mothered it all. The fact Babylon mothered it all, everything that Israel went after, and all those hordes were going after that Constantine brought in the church, and renamed the Feast of Saturn the Christ Mass. I just don't understand preachers not wanting the real truth. Do I have any time, Mike? No. Am I out? I hope you're getting hold of the fact that Jeremiah had nothing good to say to Israel. I'll keep reminding you, God told him, don't you pray for them. I'm not delivering them. I need to whip them over here in Babylon with a razor strap. All that Nebuchadnezzar was was a razor strap whipping Israel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. God, sometimes I get so depressed and down at the world. I pray you'll give me strength, and I pray for the strength of the people that are here and that are listening. It's just so distressing to see the preachers preaching what they're preaching. No daily cross, no debt to self, no self-denial, no tribulation. Just a nice, gooey, easy gospel. Lord, give me strength to keep saying truth, and I'll keep doing it. Fight our battles. we got a lot of them. Help us, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I hope you all are getting the message of of Jeremiah. He wasn't a very nice guy. Well, it's hard. It's a hard lesson, that's for sure.